And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, hey everybody. Um, Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd. I almost said we're in the George Delmore in Mercedes Benz Stadium. As you know, we're a couple hours removed from at this point. So we're, we're trying this new technology out. Um, if you followed me, and I assume most of you have, if you're wandering in here, technology's never been my friend. So this may be the Civilized Barking Postgame podcast. It may not be. <laughs> um, it may be a complete disaster. Yeah. we're gonna Much see- like what we saw today. Yeah, for sure. We're going to see how that goes. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk uh, in circles for another minute or two. We're going to let some folks come in and join. Um, and then eventually, you know, this is a give and take. Um, we're going to get to this, uh, to doing this more often eventually. And we'll be able to to bring people in to ask questions. Um, Jason, am I right? Anybody can listen. Subscribers can ask questions if we're doing this correctly. Yeah, I think if we can somehow bring them up on stage. I was going to leave all of that to you. I can't be trusted with nice things. <laughs> right. So um, I'm, I'm trying to find out if we can t- tweet this link or not. I did see the notification come up there, but let's just go ahead, um, Jason, and get started. You know, just disappointing. <laughs> the Falcons are better than I think people think, right? And, and they've played four wild games. Um, the Browns have themselves to blame, though, right? They don't get points too many times. They let a practice squad running back run eight times on a 10-play drive of all runs. Really, after five straight, two, two straight quarters, two and a half quarters of defensive dominance, you falter there. You falter at the end. You know, I think the quarterback, we've probably seen the ceiling on that. But he shouldn't have been in that position. We know how the Browns play, right? We know what they want to do, um, how they want to do it. And for the most part of, of the first couple of games, you know, first four games, excuse me, they've gotten that. Statistically, it says they got it today, but they, they couldn't put it away. Um, and, and the head coach and his game management are going to take a lot of the blame. I get that. But, um, you know, the defense faltered again. And really, this is just one that I, I feel like in, in many ways they gave away. Yeah, I mean, the defense faltered, but what would you expect? I thought for three quarters they held, they held up. I, I was actually – I mean, it's a low bar. I didn't have a whole lot of expectations, but the defensive line I thought played fairly well for three quarters. They got gashed in the fourth. I don't know if they just got tired and ran out of bodies. The Falcons figured some things out because these are not Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett that's out there. Uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, listen, the, the holding call at the goal line, I get it. People are going to be upset. And, and, and I, I understand, you know, I don't like rolling out. If anything, if you want to throw it, what about play action? Just a play, simple play action. And the way you've been moving the ball on them, just you can just run it in, and and you're likely going to score. Uh, you know, I I didn't like the opening drive. Just kick the field goal. What's wrong with the three nothing lead? And and I I normally defend Kevin. I really like Kevin, and I'm normally all for going for it. 
on fourth down in the right situation. But Zach, it's fourth and three. It's not fourth and one at the goal line. It's it's fourth and three with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. And you more than likely you're going to have to throw in that situation. I don't see why a three nothing lead coming off the first drive is a bad thing. So I, I didn't really like that. Um, you know, I was talking to a player walking out of the locker room today who said we should be four and oh. And I said, okay, fine, but you're a 58 yard field goal from being one and three. Like, this is who they are. And I, I've said all along, I thought they're going to be four and oh, or I'm sorry, two and two after four weeks. Now it's probably reversed. I thought they'd lose to Carolina and Pittsburgh and beat Atlanta uh, and the Jets. But I agree with you. I, I watched some of the Falcons game last week and they're better than, than people think. And I saw in the power rankings, they were ranked 32nd, I think, in ESPN. It's the worst team in the league. I thought there's no way. There's no way they're the worst team in the league. So, but, but it's definitely a game the Browns should win, especially because Cordero Patterson was very clearly on a snap count. We saw him early in the game. Uh, on the touchdown run, and then he vanished. And and then he reappeared late in the game. As you mentioned, they got a practice squad guy running up and down the field on him in the fourth quarter. Disappointing, certainly. Frustrating, for sure. And now you're starting it ahead in the teeth of the schedule. Uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers are coming in next week. The only saving grace I would point out is the entire division is 2-2. Two and two. You know, the, the Ravens lost today. Uh, Kenny Pickett era has apparently begun in Pittsburgh. The Bengals are two and two. Nobody's running away with this thing, but you just, you certainly, you know, if you thought that the Browns could start four and oh, or, or three and one, certainly you're leaving September uh, fairly frustrated, I guess. Are we in October? Is this October 1st? Yeah, we are in October. Yeah, it's October. You're starting October. I, that shows you where my head is. You're starting October fairly frustrated feeling like there were some lost opportunities there. All right. So let's, let's get away from the three yard line and into one and three, two and two, three and one, right? Like the lines are always going to be fine. We know this, these games are competitive. The league is ultra changing and it's crazy. And, and as a head coach and as a staff, it is your job to manage those games, right? Manage your team, feel the game and know what you have to play. Um, I'm just going to tell you guys, I wrote this. We've talked about this before going for it there. And again, I don't necessarily agree with it. And we have hindsight to say it was wrong, but they talk about that during the week. They get a feel for what are we running? Where are we attacking? And what kind of shape is this game going to take? They didn't have three starting defensive linemen. They thought they needed to count by sevens, not threes. I totally agree, Jason. You lose yards on first down. You lose yards on third down. So fancy never looks up from the play card. He's going for it there. It's the wrong feel, right? Um, as far as how it goes the with the you know Carolina ending in the other ones, obviously an epic meltdown against the Jets. Um, you have to find your way to win. You have to close when you close. When you run 16, 17 more plays, when you run for almost 200 yards, when you dominate the time of possession, when you have the ball in the lead in the fourth quarter, this team specifically, that's your winning formula, right? And you're supposed to put that game away. So why didn't they? Well, Marietta rolls out to his left, and there's a guy running down the right side completely uncovered. It was right in front of us, Jason. You saw him rolling to his left. Did you see the guy on the right? I didn't. Somehow, seven Browns defensive backs didn't either. <laughs> right? Um, that has been a recurring theme. That's what's disappointing. So, um, specific as to the where you are, um, I think everybody – you said two and two, and that's fine. Everybody would have agreed that three and one is pretty necessary. With, with what's coming, right? And the Patriots sure. are playing a third stringer. The Chargers don't have, you know, two of their top five guys. 
three of their top five guys, really. Keenan Allen hasn't played either. Um, you know, it it's 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 difficult. You don't know how that's going to go. You just you hate to give it away because we know that this offense is kind of limited. I think we started to see that today. We know what their formula has to be when you get it and don't win twice. That's super disappointing. And, you know, you, <laughs> you need to get those points. When you have Nick Chubb, and it's I'm talking about the second quarter here, not the first drive of the game. You line up for a hold at tailback, and you get fancy, and you run a pass play. Whether it was holding or not, whether the Brissett should have got rid of it quicker or not, or thrown it to someone, I don't, you know, we'll have to go back and look at that. Um, that's getting too cute, and getting too cute is costing you games. This was a weird game. We, we said that multiple times. This just felt, you know, I was talking to Jeff Schultz, our colleague uh, here in Atlanta, came up to me at halftime and said, I don't think I've ever seen a game where a team had three possessions in the first half. He said, four I've seen, I've never seen three. Obviously, the Browns were turning clock early. That, that was, I, I think, the, the, the mentality or the, the plan coming in play keep away, obviously, because of all the injuries that they had up front defensively. But it was just hard to find a rhythm with this game or hard to find something to latch onto. It was just a really strange day all the way around, it felt like. And, and then you showed me the graphic, a win probability, and it was all Browns until the last couple of minutes of the game. And, and when have we seen that before? Um, well, recently. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it, um, super disappointing, right? And and it's not – it's never in one play in one sequence. I think the players, and I know because Jacoby Brissett said this after the game, they want the coach to go for it. But I think, you know, when you look down – and there, there are multiple things to pick on Kevin for, guys. I get it. And game management has certainly usually been at the top of that list. I said to you live, I said, look, did you look down there? He never looked up. Don't you think the right move is to call timeout and talk about it or just take the points? Feel the game. You can't be too robotic. Is that a fair criticism on Kevin, on an analytics-driven organization? Sure, when it doesn't work, it, it's a really fair criticism. Right, right. right? Um, and feeling the game is usually more later because, obviously, every team scripts plays. Every team knows who it's starting and when they're subbing and, and when they want to do certain things. The Browns wanted to get seven, but when they lost yards on third down and they, they had this weird, like hustle up, I mean, we haven't seen much no huddle from them, but we saw no huddle or something close to it right before that on third down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of just makes me confused. Like, Hey, we should just take a step back here, uh, take the points and move on. Do you want, you said call a timeout. Do you really want to burn a timeout that early on the opening drive? I mean, it's the first half and not as valuable as the second half. I, I don't know. I just would call a timeout better be better than Brissett throwing the ball away on fourth down. Oh, for sure. But you know, here's another point. Obviously, Kevin has an immense amount of trust in Jacoby Brissett. Immense, because that's you know I went and looked it up on the uh, computer cowboy bot, and it, it was a coin flip of whether you kick it or go for it in that instance, according to the analytics. And just for Kevin to run that play and call that play just shows you the level of trust he has in his quarterback that I don't know that he's always had in the past. You know, there were times I've said this before. I think I've written this before. He was always a hit on 16 kind of guy, right? Kevin's always been, you play by the book and you play blackjack, you hit on 16, no matter what. And it felt like after a while he went, he started holding on 16. He just sort of lost a little trust in his offense. Well, this year he's right back to hitting on 16. If that's what the book says, then that's what we do. And this just felt like an instance. 
and again, I know it's hindsight's 2020, but it just, even live, even sitting here live, I think you and I both agreed, this just felt like an instance. Just take the points, man. You're on the road. Your defense is shorthanded. Three nothing sure feels good when you're coming off the opening drive. They're playing from behind right away. Three's not seven. I get that. And you want sevens. Um, but gosh, I don't know. It certainly feels like those three points came back to haunt him in the end. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, you're playing to 27 or 28 is what he's basically telling you, right? You came away with 10 at halftime and you got, you were inside the one once and you were inside the five twice. You were down 10, nothing for the first time all year. You recovered nicely. Like that's all you want. I completely agree. He's gaining. He has gained confidence in Brissett. They've done things um, a certain way, but I just, you know, obviously we're using hindsight here. Um, second and goal at the one late in the half, Nick Chubb and no one else has to get that ball. You cannot leave it open to making the wrong read, holding it too long, getting called for holding any of those things. I can't argue that, especially when they were moving the ball on the ground. Right. Um, just hand it off and take six and kick the extra point and be happy. Yeah. It, it was obvious from the start. They missed the defensive lineman. We knew it. I mean, guys, it's not just in the pressure rate or the sack numbers. Miles Garrett changes the game. It changes how offenses attack. It changes how offenses block. It changes when quarterbacks roll out and they have to look out. They have to have eyes in the back of their head because this dude closes so much ground so quickly. Right. And then the Browns maximize that by putting Clowney on the other side and those guys feed off of each other and only one can be doubled and all. We knew that was a problem. But to play good defense for so long and then and again, we're, we're we're watching the game. We have no evaluation of it or film of it right now to just get gashed by a practice squad running back like that. Um, you're not going to hold teams down. Very rarely do you win games 10-9 in this league, 13-10, hold teams to 120 yards, right? But they got Browns. They got 10 plays, 75 yards, all 10 with the run, eight of them by Caleb Huntley. Mm, yikes. That was an impressive drive from Atlanta. If you're Atlanta, you're feeling really good about that drive. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, but go back to the big picture for a second, Jason, before we, we take some of these questions here. You know, is there a sense of doom as you leave here tonight, as the Browns are probably on the tarmac right now, getting back to Cleveland, like they really pissed this away and they're not going to get this chance back? Or, I mean, we have seen good football and the, the numbers back that up and watching Nick Chubb play backs that up. Um, we, you know, watching Miles for mo- most of this season backs that up, assuming you get him back in a week or two. You know, it, is what we've seen from the Browns good enough if they manage games better? Um, or have they painted themselves in a real corner here? And, and do you feel like the alarm button needs to be handy? Well, I don't think they were making the playoffs. Once the, once the suspension rose to 11 games, I, I, I kind of punted on the playoffs, and I've thought all along they would be sort of that 8, eight 9, 9, and 8 type range. So I'm not pushing the panic alarm because this is sort of what I expected. I thought they'd be 2-2. Two and two. I think they're probably going to win some games here coming up that I don't expect them to win, and they're probably still going to lose some. Although I've said it before, and it's worth reiterating that the schedule that looked like absolute murderer's row a couple weeks ago looks a little bit more manageable now. You know, I think the Chargers are still without their starting left tackle. Herbert's playing hurt. It looked like he had a big day today. I, I just saw his numbers. It looked like he had 340 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, like you said, the Patriots are down the third quarterback right now. Hoyer went back. I think he was being evaluated for a head injury, I think. Uh, the Bengals certainly don't look like a Super Bowl team right now. The Ravens are two and two. Um, so, you know, what's going on with Miami with Tua? Who knows where he'll be? The Dolphins look better than I thought they would be, but they may not have the quarterback. So what looked like was going to be a really murderous stretch here coming up, starting to feel a little bit more manageable to me. Uh, but I just still, I don't think this is a playoff team. I think the, the AFC is too good. And without Deshaun Watson for 11 games, I don't think they're a playoff team. So I, I massively lowered my expectations once the suspension came. So, no, I'm not pushing the panic button. What about you? Um, You know, I always felt like this was a tough game because I think Atlanta's offense is different, right? And you're coming on the road here. Um, Atlanta's a team trying, you know, that's been in wild games and trying to gain some confidence. The way the Browns played through the second and third quarters to lose this game, yes, Jason, I, I think this is bad. This is it's obviously not the outward thing of the Jets' loss, right? And it's not a conference loss. Um, you still have a chance to get home and win. I mean, at the beginning of the year, guys, I would have told you the Browns are for sure going to lose three games at Ravens, at Bills, and Chargers. Now we both think they could beat the Chargers, right? The Chargers are back-to-back road games. The Chargers are all banged up. Um, the Chargers have a head coach who everybody wanted to crown, and that guy mismanages way more games than Stefanski, right? So um, it can happen. The run game has been even better than I thought it would be, and I thought it would be good. It's the defense that everybody thought they could count on, and I know the personnel losses are huge today, and I know you're not going to play perfect defense every week. But the same thing, wide open guys. Like, look at the Falcons. Kyle Pitts and Drake London. These guys are freaks. These guys are basketball players, 21, 23 years old, right? Did they do anything today? No, they didn't beat you by jumping over you or doing superhuman things, right? Like the the Falcons beat you with backup running backs and some guy named Olamide Zacchaeus running down the right side of the field completely (laughs) uncovered while your whole defense was on the left side of the field. And so that brings up shades of Carolina game. Obviously, the Jets game, 
and you look and you say, okay, we're counting on this defense, and and nobody, not a half sane person would think it's the same defense without Miles Garrett as it is with. But we're having these mental errors and these breakdowns, poor tackling and poor game management. That feels like previous Browns teams, and that's alarming. One more point. Uh, I see Aaron is in the queue and wants to come on stage, and one of us will hopefully figure out how to do that. But one more point I want to make before we do, I'd be curious to get the reaction of people in the room because uh, I am I am writing this in a sense, and you and I have talked about it all day. Miles Garrett kind of let the Browns down, and I don't want to be hypocritical because I drive just as fast as anybody. But, you know, I'm, I'm not counted on to – I'm not counted on by this entire city and, and to lead this defense. And it just feels like he's, he has some growing up to do. And one thing that's just stuck in my head, Zach was when he wore a cape into the post game media after they lost to the Steelers on Halloween. And I just thought, man, that's childish. Like why, why are you showing up after a loss in a Halloween costume and then calling out the fans after the Jets loss and, and calling out the booing, that really, really, really didn't sit well with me. Uh, and I really like Miles, and I've defended Miles, and I, I really went to bat for him after the helmet swing, and I spent a couple of weeks trying to find audio uh, to, to back up his claims with the whole situation. Like, I've, I've gone to the mat for him before, but it just feels like he's got some growing up to do, and this was a situation. Listen, guys are going to get hurt. You know Clowney's going to miss a couple of games with injuries every year. But this Miles thing certainly feels like it could have been completely preventable, and he should have been out there on the field, and that's really frustrating. I completely agree. Um, he let his team down, right? He just did. They 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 need him, and I think sometimes we we feel like, okay, Miles, um, do that freaky thing you do that nobody else can do and sack the guy every time. Okay, Miles, take this game over, you know. And I think to an extent, some of that's been fair because we've seen the talent, but to not be available for this game, you know, for the Falcons to run this misdirection based offense with a mobile journeyman, but mobile quarterback and set them out. Like I said, and then you look and you say, well, they didn't get beat by Kyle Pitts running across the middle. You know, obviously Mariota, they were able to create some lanes for Mariota and he was able to extend some plays, but it was the same old communication issues at the back. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, maturity issues were a big part of sinking last season. A bigger part was the offense not hitting layups. Um, and I look in here and I see someone say biggest issue today was we kept calling screenplays when they never worked. Uh, the Falcons really had the Browns sniffed out. I, I think we saw um, Jacoby Brissett kind of come back to earth a little bit. I think we saw a really good game plan from D- Dean Pease, one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, who's number nine, Lorenzo Carter, um, that tall defensive end slash outside linebacker. I mean, that guy was all, every time the Falcons made a big play, he was leading the charge, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think the Browns just got out, not everything, obviously, got out a lot things today. And when Chubb goes for 19 and 117 or whatever it was and scores in the fourth, you're supposed to win. And when you move the ball the way you did early in the game and, you know, do that you're supposed to put some gap and put the pressure on Marcus Mariota and they didn't they didn't and it's it's disappointing so um just to kind of reset some people some more people have come in here and we appreciate it this is our first live room together I've participated in one this may or may not be the civilized barking post game podcast um we're going to try to make a um 
recording of it available. We're both going home and you know getting back into other things. So we'll see how that goes. But we appreciate you logging in. We're proud of ourselves for getting this up and running. <laughs> for me only having the, the mute toggled the wrong way one time, right? And so we're, we're going to do more of this. It might or might not always be post-game. Uh, we're going through a little bit of a, a technology transition as it is with the podcast. So um, we'll see. You know, I just, like I said, I, I don't, the season is never over on October 2nd, Jason. Um, and, and, and I just think in total, the Browns have played a really impressive brand of football. But to only be two and two feels like losing the opportunities that they lost today. And to piss this one away by not just giving the ball to Nick Chubb or not just taking the points or not just tackling a Mac running back, it, it feels like this is going to be really hurtful going forward. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can make this as interactive as you want for everyone who's in the room. Uh, I'm going to try and bring up Aaron. I don't know if this is going to work or not. Uh, Aaron, are you on stage? Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Appreciate you letting me on. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm a huge fan of both of you guys. Um, Jason, you, love going, you, too. you going back to the Cavs writing was always phenomenal. And now both of you on the Browns, you guys are, are really good. I love reading your, your articles. Um, here's my issue. It seems to me that we keep kind of making excuses like, well, we should have won. It's just that this, you know, we, we, we could have won that game, but the jets, you know, they just had that crazy end of the game. We could have won today, but you know, we just had a bad call on fourth down, but like, that's what bad teams do. Like they, they, they lose games. They should win. I, I think this spells major, major, um, like red alert for the Browns. And what it seems to me is, I mean, let's look at Stefanski. He's obviously borderline genius play caller, and I think he gets the most out of the quarterback that he can. Because if you look at how Baker's doing this year in Carolina, how Stefanski made him look good at all is, you know, beyond me. Before, you know, before Baker got hurt, 
Um, and now he's making Brissett look good for a few weeks. You know, he looked good, the la- real, real good the last two weeks. He didn't look awful today, but he's a career backup quarterback. And if our defense is going to, like, if Miles Garrett doesn't play and that's going to mean our whole defense is just in shambles, that's a bad sign. That 10-play drive that they had on us in the, I think it was either the third or fourth quarter, I mean, 10 plays, 10 rushes with two backup running backs, one who just, I mean, he was the third string. He didn't even know he was going to get the ball today. And they just gashed us play after play after play. And it just seems to me that there's like a uh, a lack of attention to detail on both sides of the ball. And I wonder sometimes if Stefanski, although he's a great play caller and an offensive genius, if he's got his hands everywhere that they need to be. You know, is he assuring that the, you know, Joe Woods is making sure these guys don't blow a coverage again, which we lead the NFL in blown coverages and it's not even close. Um, it just seems to me like, 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 for example, when, when Greg Williams took over as interim head coach, you know, we know Greg Williams is not a great schemer. You know, his defensive schemes are not the best, but the players played with an attention to detail and an intensity that sometimes I just don't see right now. It's, it's just, Mistake after mistake, you know, we cannot, if, if we think we're going to the playoffs, which to me is highly in doubt, we can't lose at home to the Jets. We can't lose on the road to the Falcons, even without Miles Garrett. You know, these first four games are four of the worst teams in the league. And we could be one in three right now, if not for a 58-yard bomb by Cade York. Um, so it's frustrating because, I, like you guys said, I see the good. You know, our offense looks so efficient. Um, but then we make these dumb decisions, like fourth and three on the goal line, and you're going to go for it and, and pass it? Like, what are you doing out there? I don't know. Um, so I will uh, – I'll stop here and let you guys respond to that, but I appreciate you letting me on. Um, and I, I really think this whole format here, this little uh, – whatever you call this, podcast or whatever it is, really cool. Thanks, Aaron. You can keep going. My flight's not till 1030. <laughs> I, I still got it right, man. <laughs> I yeah, no, right we th- thank you. Um yeah, no, you're right. Like when when you don't win, you don't win. And you know, close is is fine, but it doesn't get it done, right? And you know, I think early in the season we all overreact, right? You know, overreaction Monday makes the headlines and drives calls and brings you guys in to listen to this, right? Um sometimes we do. But, you know, four games in when you're having the same defensive communication issues, yes. And and Jason, I know you talked about this. Um, you and I talked a lot about this, and you talked with people about it uh, in the offseason. So as far as the play calling and game management thing, Kevin is a really good play caller, and the Browns hired him for that, right? And this offense hums um, when it's going. I think it's a very valid question slash criticism um, when there are game management things. I think Kevin has addressed some of these and tried to himself. But I don't think the answer is take away play calling from the guy who is clearly a really good play caller and play designer, right? Yeah. I, I just don't think that's the answer. I I don't know if every NFL city is obsessed with who calls the plays or if it's just Cleveland. But I kind of I, I kind of my eyes glaze over every time we revert back to the play calling debate when there's an offensive head coach and who should be calling the plays. I, I think. I think it's a, a little tired and overdone. Um, if if Kevin isn't calling the plays, is Denzel going to play the right coverage against the, the Jets? Yeah. If Kevin isn't calling the plays, are they going to 
are they going to tackle better on the 10 play drive? I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think the way they have it is, is fine. I think Joe Woods needs to put guys in position to make plays and make sure that they communicate and know the coverages that they're in. And you got to get guys on the ground. And, you know, like, it's not just Miles that was missing today. It was Jadavian, too. And Jadavian is equally as important or more important against the run than Miles is. So, you know, you know, Jadavian's one of the best run-stopping defensive ends, really, in, in the NFL, right. as far as I'm concerned. So that that's a huge yeah. loss that you have. And, and one other point, you know, this is the NFL, and, and this is the way it goes. Zach, we were watching the Vikings-Saints game before kickoff here, and I said, man, this is a really bad loss of the Vikings. The Saints were without their starting quarterback, their top running back, and their top receiver, and they were a double joint away from extending that game. Like, they almost won that game without three – you know, I, you can make an argument. Your starting quarterback, your top tailback, and your top receiver are even more important to your team than your two defensive ends. And they were still in that game and almost won. So it's it's just this is the NFL. It's built this way. Right. Games come down to kicks. The Browns games are always going to come down to kicks, <laughs> especially this year. This is just how it's going to be. All right. So I just realized it was six fifty. We're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you guys for chiming in for listening. We'll do this more often and, and we'll see how it goes. We won't know until it was all handled, or we don't know when the next podcast will be. Someone said, you know, back up defensive ends are non-existent in defensive line depth. That's an issue. Um, it is. I agree. But I think these guys have done a pretty good job of constructing this roster. The fact is on a 53-man roster and in the salary cap era, you're just not going to be deep at every position. They chose this defense to be top-heavy, right? Miles makes a shit ton of money. Jadavian makes a shit ton of money. Denzel got his extension. They pay John Johnson a lot, right? Um, they, they missed Anthony Walker today who didn't make a lot of money. But they chose this, and I, you know, I think everyone would say, "Hey, um, we're fine with that. Like, like, go for it." You know, can they do better at defensive tackle? Might they after today? Sure, I, I think they would say to everything, "We believe in building our own thing." Because if if these guys that were out there could still play or could still help us, they would be on somebody's roster or ours, right? So not every evaluation is is going to be like every play call. It's just not going to go your way. I think the Browns are in pretty decent hands. Now, there's a lot of twists and turns. A, there's that in every season. B, we're a week away from uh, Watson coming back in the building. You know, I, I do think that the offense has a ceiling with Jacoby Brissett. I do think as they play more games, defenses see some of the limitations. They know it's coming. Um, people will always fight Kevin on the pitch count for Kareem and for Nick Chubb. He and the organization are not going to bend from that. That's what it's going to be. So I, I think the Browns, I know the Browns are in better hands than they've ever been at any time in this new incarnation. I think this season, they always took some risks. We'll see how it goes. They they needed to be three and one and they're not. So where they are right now is today they were a poorly managed team that had some reoccurring problems. Um, the season's in front of them. The window remains open to what we think that it is. And if they do have good players and, and they can, and they really are just on the wrong side of these fine lines, then good times are to come. But this is a disappointing loss, no doubt. And it's one that's hurtful. Any closing thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I got to finish a column and catch a flight tonight. So yeah, we'll talk about this again. This was a lot of fun. I'd like to do this going forward. And again, guys, we you, this will be as interactive as you want it to be. So play around in the app and figure out how to get in the queue and we'll bring you up on stage. You can make your points. We'll do a better job of talking through the chat 
Uh, I didn't even look at the chat on this one, but we're, yeah. we're, we're there's a lot happening. It's hard for us to to look at it. Like I was able to glance at it sometimes while you were talking, but um, we'll get more comfortable with it, I guess. Yeah, as we go, as we go. Yeah. But if you guys like the format, we'll keep trying to do it. Yeah, um, they were always going to miss Anthony Walker in addition to the starting defensive that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's I wrote about loss. that this week. And yeah. That's a bit. Jacob Phillips is fast, and um, we saw the range in the Pittsburgh game, and they've been waiting for him to stay healthy and show his potential. But Walker just means so much and is so savvy. And I think it was the second play of the game. The Falcons had two wide-open guys in the same area, and Browns had two linebackers going the other way. Two. Yeah. So that's a problem. Anyway, two and two is a problem, but long, long way to go. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, read our stuff, and we'll talk to you soon.